Um, this morning, I want to take a few minutes and I want to encourage you and I want to cast some vision uh, for City Life Church and where we believe the Lord is leading us. Um, I preach sermons every single weekend and get out the, the Word of God, but I just want to tell some stories this morning. Um, uh, as you have been hearing me say the last couple weeks, um, City Life Church is under contract for a facility of our own, for a building. And uh, for those of you that don't know, um, we don't own this facility. We rent this facility from the Adventure Church. And so they meet on Saturdays, and we rent, of course, on Sunday mornings from them. And it's been a wonderful uh, relationship. Um, it's uh, rent's been reasonable. It's been a wonderful relationship. Um, but I want to just kind of color in those lines a little bit this morning. Before I do that, so that's what we're going to talk about. Before I do that, um, I want to give a couple of uh, staff updates. So it's kind of like a family meeting, State of the Union kind of address this morning. Um, and uh, so a couple of staff updates. Uh, first of all, back in January, um, we introduced uh, pastors Dustin and Kate Grinneman as the interim youth pastors. We use the word interim um, because that, like, it's kind of like takes the pressure off a little bit. It's like, hey, if this doesn't work, it was just interim, right? Well, I just want to announce to you that we're taking the word interim off and we're going to add the word permanent because they have been awesome and are doing a great job. And so they are our um, permanent junior high and senior high pastors. Okay. And um, so now they are the pastoral covering for really birth to 18 years old here at this church. And so um, how many think that's a big job? I do. And so back in January, we also mentioned that um, we, would, we would obviously need to get them a little bit of help as well. And so um, we have brought on a, a birth through kindergarten director, and we've also brought on a first through fifth grade director to help them with all of that. And so the first one, birth through kindergarten, is Angel Doherty. Uh, she is birth through kindergarten. She's actually been with us a long time um, doing this role, but I just want to make sure you kind of put a face to the name. Um, if you have kids that are birthed through uh, kindergarten, this is Angel Doherty. She's the director over that demographic, so um, we love her. She's amazing. And then I also announced to you that we brought on Olivia Peterson to be our first through fifth grade director. And so this is her here. So if you have kids, first to fifth grade, yeah, she's, she's your go-to. Again, Dustin and Kate Grinham, they're still the pastoral covering for that, uh, the whole department, the whole age group, but now we've brought in a little bit of help uh, for them. Cool? Just want to make sure you all know updates on that. The next thing I want to just mention is um, from time to time I get uh, questions about um, worship pastor. Um, they're like, hey, who, when are we hiring a worship pastor? Um, well, let me just give you an update on that. We've, we have put the feelers out there. We've had a lot of applicants. We've looked uh, closely at uh, a few of them. Um, most, most applicants, it's like definitely not a good fit. We've looked closely at a few, but um, we, we haven't had like a booming witness, like this is the person we need for this position, that now is the time, this is the place. Um, so we have not, we still have not uh, made that higher. Um, I and we are trying to be cautious with, with that, because how many know there's nothing like promoting or hiring the wrong person, right? You get the wrong person in the wrong position, and they don't have a grace for that position. There's nothing quite like that. It can really be upsetting. Um, so I, I will say it like this. We're trying not to create an Ishmael, 
If, if you read the word of God, read Genesis chapter 15, 16, 17. Abraham and Sarah had a promise from God, but that promise was slow in, slow in coming, right? Um, it was delayed in coming. And what did they do? They got in the flesh and they got out in front of God and they tried to make that promise of God come to happen uh, on their own means. And it didn't work out well. And, but God still brought the promise later on. So we're, we're trying to just trust the Lord and not be motivated by fear, insecurity, or, or um, not trusting God's timing. So um, that's where we are in that. You know, and, and we've made mostly really good um, staffing decisions over the years. I can say that, you know, once or twice I've uh, oh, probably brought that on a little too soon. So we're being careful there. Because how many know that uh, worship, um, to the worship pastor and the worship to the Lord, it's our premier value as a church. Like this is um, ministry to the Lord and, and having an atmosphere of praise and worship where God's presence is. That is the most important thing to us. Jesus said this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will be added to you. Listen, we all have things. We all walk through those doors with prayer needs, things that we need God to do in our lives. But he says if we actually just put our focus on him first, seek him first, He's going to work that stuff out. And so that's why we um, make it a priority to praise the Lord um, first. So we believe that um, God has the perfect person for that position. Um, And if I may say so, it's not like it's gone terribly wrong. Like, we have pretty great worship here, right? (laughs) Amen? Like, it's going really well. We have a really great team. We have a great bench. By the way, if you play any instruments, we're always um, doing rehearsals and uh, auditions, I should say. And we're trying to build that team up even more. But um, it has not been leaderless. Pastor David Dimon um, is the uh, associate worship pastor, and he's stepped in as the lead for this season. And um, he's, done a, he's done an excellent job. And yeah, give him a hand. I don't know if he's here, <laughs> actually, but we're clapping for you. What? They're in Florida. Good for you guys, if you're watching. Um, he's done a great job, and so hasn't been leaderless. And so, um, but he also works a full-time job. So uh, my wife and I have also tried to kind of step in and help just be pastoral covering for that department a little bit more than we would so otherwise. Um, but they've been doing a great job, and God will bring the perfect person at the right time. Amen? Amen. All right, so keep praying for that. Um, okay, the title of our message today is called New Horizons. Um, basically, I just want to tell some God stories. Um, I mentioned this, that for the past five years, we've rented this f- uh, facility from the Adventure Church, had a great relationship with them. Uh, it's been, rent's been reasonable. Um, um, but obviously, when you share this, some of the same space, some of the same equipment, there's always bumps you hit here and there, but nothing detrimental. Um, well, at the beginning of last year, and really the, the end of 2021, we started to realize that um, we... As a church, we started to run out of parking, parking space. And yeah, we actually had some more space in here with the balcony and different things. Um, but parking started to become a problem for us. Um, in fact, um, our parking team would come to me and say, hey, during the service, parking was full. And we saw cars drive in, drive around, couldn't find a place to park, and then left. I'm like, oh, this is not the way to grow a church, is it? <laughs> like, people can't even get in here. So, um, it became blatantly obvious at that point that we needed to go to two services to, to accommodate specifically for the parking need. There were some other areas where we were kind of bottlenecking a little bit. So we went to two services to just, you know, open things up a little bit more. 
And for the most part, we had kind of solved at least that problem, except for when it rains relentlessly and becomes a you know, mud bath out there. Um, last week, I'm like pulling, because I, I, we park in the field, our staff parks in the field, and we asked serve team members to do so, but it was like, how am I supposed to get in here without getting mud everywhere? So anyway, um, but for the most part, we'd kind of solved that problem. We're like, okay, we can just kind of relax for a little bit. Um, well, and then um, a couple months ago, the Adventure Church comes to us and said, hey, the city is like cracking down on us, and um, there's a few things they want us to not do anymore. And they said, one of the things is they don't want you guys parking in the field anymore. And I'm like, okay, this is a problem. Um, and so I'm like, well, Ken, well, why is that? You know, and I, I think it has to do with environmental reasons, like if oil drips on the ground and, you know, kills the environment, whatever. So I'm like, can we just put down some crushed aggregate? Can we kind of like grade that and make it a little more official? And they're like, no, it, it requires like retention ponds and the whole, it's a big to do. So, um, so for one week, we tried, at least for the first service, we have a little more room in the second, but for the first service, we tried to get everyone, we're like, okay, everyone park on the designated spots. Well, the same thing happened. We filled up, we had cars come in, couldn't find a spot and leave. So I went back to the adventure and I'm like, hey, um, we're out of space and what do we do, you know? And, uh, and uh, they said, okay, well, listen, keep parking in the field. We're gonna ask for pardon rather than permission. We'll see if the city, you know, notices. Um, but hopefully they don't, but basically we're on borrowed time as far as the parking situation uh, is concerned. They haven't said anything. So we're kind of hopefully flying below the radar. But about that time I, I decided, this is back in uh, March or so, I decided like, okay, it's time to go for a drive um, and to find a facility. Like, God, we need something. Um, I'd done that a few times over the years, but this time I meant it. I'm like, God, we need something, you know. <laughs> this time it's for real, Lord. So I happened to drive past the building with a sign out in front that said, for sale or lease. Uh, and the address is 7251 West 4th Street. And so I, I want to just this morning kind of give you a storyline of how where we're at in this process and kind of a full disclosure. Um, but initially, when we looked at this building, um, I looked up the price of the building. I'm like, well, let's, let's talk about you know, buying it. And I pretty much immediately ruled out the possibility of buying the building um, because it was listed for just under $6 million. It was like $5,995,000. I'm like, okay, I don't have that much. Um, we have saved um, three quarters of a million dollars in five years, but I don't have $6 million. So I pretty much just ruled that out immediately. And I thought, well, maybe we could lease about half of the space because the, the whole building is 48,000 square feet. And like, maybe we could lease about half of that space. Well, for reference point here at this church, we use about 14,000 square feet. And our goal for a building, we're like, you know, we could like, if we could get 20 to 24,000 uh, square feet, that would be awesome. So, but this building over here, we're like, okay, it's too big and too much to buy. And so, but I said, let's reach out and see, talk about leasing space. Maybe that can be the next home for us. Um, so I had Eric Backlund reach out to, um, he's our broker, he goes to our church here, he's our broker. I had him reach out to the, the owner's um, broker just to ask about lease, lease to own, some different things like that. And um, he hears back and he says, hey, the owner is going to be in town. He lives south of Seattle. The owner's going to be in town. And he's coming in and he's like, do you want to meet with this owner? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, he's already here. This is perfect. Uh, why not? And so... Um, we planned to meet with the owner on Monday, March 20th. 
Um, so that, that's what we had down. Well, the day before that is uh, Sunday. How many know that Sunday comes before Monday? Right? Okay. So last service I said, I said that, and someone said amen. It's like all you got to do is say something true, and people give you an amen. Just don't lie. Okay, so... Monday, March 20th, we have this meeting scheduled with the owner. And then Sunday, March 19th, um, uh, was the weekend that we had the, the, the team from Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry here ministering. And Pastor Jory Henderson uh, preached the message. How many thought that was a great weekend? That was a fun weekend. More of those, amen? And so um, after the 9 a.m. service, I'm standing up front, and one of the team members comes to me and says, hey, I have this guy who wants to meet you. Um, he wants to talk to you. And I'm thinking, okay, there's this guy who just, you know, he wants prayer or something like that. And he's like, you know, and the music's kind of loud. And he's like, hey, uh, something about coffee on Monday. And I'm like, yeah, um, you want to get coffee on Monday? Sure. I, I get coffee with people all the time. And, and then I, he's like, no, we're having coffee on Monday. I'm like, oh, we have an appointment to meet with you on Monday. You, like, you're the owner. You're the owner of this building that we've been talking to. And, um, and then I have this realization. I was like, okay, I didn't know he was going to come to church. So he flies in a day early um, to meet, you know, to come to church and kind of like look under the hood. And at this point, I don't know if he's a believer or if he is a believer, if he comes from like a conservative like background, you know, where they don't believe in a lot of the stuff we were doing that day. <laughs> it, was a wild, it was a wild day. So I'm kind of like, so... Um, it's kind of a wild weekend. You know, it was a little, a little different than what we're normally like. And, and he was like, yeah, my, uh, my daughter went to the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And I was like, okay, well, check, we're good there, you know. Uh, long story short, it turns out that he only came to town to meet with us. I thought he had some other business things and he just happened to be in town. He flew out, um, came on Saturday and then came to church and then flew out Monday. He just came to meet with us like he's looking under the hood a little bit, like checking us out. And so the next day we meet with him and we're like, okay, let's talk about lease, maybe lease to own, lease with uh, first right of refusal to, to buy. Um, and this is where we're at. It turned out that if we rent from this owner, if we lease from him, he has to pay taxes on that building. And those taxes would be passed on to us. That's just the way it works. But if we bought the building, we forego taxes because we're a nonprofit organization. And so we figured out that we could actually buy this building for just a little bit more than it would take to lease half the space. And so the, and then the wheels start turning like, okay, we can buy this building. And then we figure out, like, well, if we're using about half of the space, we have another half of this facility that we could possibly lease out to other tenants to help pay for the, um, pay for the facility itself. So um, because taxes on that building are like 175000 a year, something ridiculous. And so uh, we're under contract, um, and I have, I'll, t I'll talk about, a little more about numbers, and there's some God stories here in the numbers. Um, but we're under contract, and we're pursuing this. It's not a done deal yet, um, but I want to just play a quick video of where we're at in this building process. So um, go ahead and just roll that video. Well, City Lights Church, as I have been mentioning recently, uh, we are under contract for a new facility. The address is 7251 West 4th Street, 
and this is it. It's an empty call center. It's not church ready. There's some building we'll have to do to get in here, but uh, put it, we'll have to put up some walls and, and, and get ready to do church. But um, just some numbers here, it's um, 48,000 square feet, which is much larger than what we're currently um, using. Uh, it is uh, over four and a half acres. And here's a really cool thing, is that it has 233 parking spots, which is uh, double what we currently have. As you know, that's been a major uh, constraint for us. And so we began uh, looking at this facility. We were thinking we would maybe like lease half of it. And we just came to the realization that we could um, actually buy the building for about the same price that we'd be leasing half of it. And so it's really just opened up possibilities for us. And uh, we've been laying out fleeces for the Lord. Lord, is this the facility you want for us? And as we've laid out the fleeces, um, doors have just kept opening. And um, we believe this could be the place that the Lord has for us. Um, it's not a done deal yet. There's inspections that need to happen. We have to meet with the city to talk about um, change of use and those things. Um, but so far, things have been looking good. Things have been progressing. And we believe this could be the next home for City Lights Church. Please continue to just keep praying for us. And, uh, uh, and also, thank you for your faithfulness and giving to this church and your tithing. Um, and then be praying and considering what the Lord might have you to do because some renovations are needed. Uh, we've saved a lot of money, but uh, there's a lot that will need to be done. But we're so excited uh, where the Lord is leading us. So thank you for partnering with us. God bless. And so if you don't have an imagination of like where walls can go or that kind of thing, um, it could actually be a little overwhelming. There's literally, what's that? Um, there's literally, oh, we're excited. There's literally over 200 cubicles in this building. So if you need to buy a cubicle, boy, do we have the deal for you, seriously. Or if you know someone who wants to buy cubicles, because um, we need the space in there and it'd be nice to make a little money on them. Okay, so... Um, so there we are. So we're in this meeting with the owner. The next problem I have is this. It's like, okay, we can, you know, maybe, you know, lease half of the space and that'll help pay for it or whatever. Um, but my next problem was I don't have six million bucks. Do you guys have six million bucks? If you do, I need to talk to you. Because <laughs> I have a tax write-off for you. Um, and we actually didn't have the means to secure a $6 million loan anyway, because if you go to a bank, they're going to want 20 to 25% down. So you're looking at a you know, million and a quarter down, and the interest rate would be you know, six plus percent interest rate. And so we're in this meeting with the owner. We said, well, um, I didn't really know the assets, but I have some smart people around me that um, know what they're doing. My wife and I, we love ministry. We love people. We love Jesus. And that's why we wanted to start a church. But when you start a church, you also have to learn about some boring things. Boards, budgets, bylaws, boring. And I could add one more B to it. Buildings, okay? It's another B you have to learn. So um, where am I at? <laughs> so we're, I had some smart people around me like, well, ask him if he would consider doing like an owner carry. Um, if, if he would loan us the money and, and carry us. And so he said, yeah, I, um, we're in that meeting. He's like, yeah, we could, we could be open to doing an owner carry. And so that cuts through a ton of red tape because there's 
lots of process of qualifying and those kind of things. And we're cutting through a lot of red tape by talking about doing an owner carry. But he says to me, he's like, hey, let me put some numbers together and I'll get back with you. He gives me his card. And at this point, rather than going through the brokers every time we have to communicate, he and I just start calling each other and, and kind of working things out. It's actually been pretty, pretty amazing. It doesn't really happen like that. And so he calls me a couple days later. He's like, okay, what are your goals for this facility? What are your, what are your goals for this building? And I'm like, well, our rent's pretty reasonable. We're at, this is a big, this is a big leap for us. I'm, to be quite honest, I would like to keep a payment low as possible uh, until we're able to get into the space and kind of get established. And then we could start knocking down the, you know, more, more principal. So he calls me a couple days after that. And he says, Okay, so here's what I have first of all. He said, first of all, I'm going to take $200,000 off of the price. And I was like, okay, because we have a guy in the church who um, understands HVAC. He got up on the roof and said, you know, some of these units um, might need replaced in the next few years. So he, he, taught, he knocks $200,000 off the price. So we're at $5,750,000. And he says, if you can put $500,000 down. And he says, um, now keep in mind, his broker is saying, we should ask for a full price. And if we're going to do an owner carry, his broker's saying, you should, you should um, give them a 7.5% interest rate if you're going to do this. He comes back, he says, not only are we not doing full price, we're going to come down. He says, I'll give you 5.25% interest rate. So significantly below market value um, is what he was quoting to us. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll take that to my board. I, I can't make that decision on my own. For those of you who don't know, like, there are certain things here at the church I have a lot of latitude, like hiring, firing, those kind of things I, I have a lot of authority for. But the way our bylaws are written is if we're ever going to buy a new facility or take on debt or anything like that, I have to have a unanimous consent from my deacon board, which is good, quite frankly. You want, there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. So I said, let me take this back to my deacon board, see what they think. We start... Um, you know, messing around with some uh, numbers and stuff. And they didn't say like, yeah, this is a done deal. But they said, you know what? We do see, it seems the hand of God is in this. Let's take the next step and let's just keep taking steps until it doesn't make sense to take steps anymore. And I mentioned we're under contract right now. And actually we could get out of that no problem um, for any reason. Any one of my deacons can say, yeah, I'm not comfortable with this. And they could pull the plug on it and we would be out. And I would honor that. I would honor that and, and, and not resent that whatsoever because that's just the process we have. And so we decided to keep taking next steps. And so he, the owner is getting ready to put a, a contract to, together for us for $5.75 million for a loan. And they're getting that together to send over to us. And in the meantime, I'm, it's like a, it's a Thursday. I'm getting ready to preach on the weekend. So I'm, I'm working on my sermon and stuff. And I just have this thing in my heart that I cannot shake. I'm like, I just have the number 5.5, 5.5. And I'm like, I can't shake this number, 5.5. And I'm like, Lord, are you asking me to ask this owner if he will come down another quarter million to 5.5? And because I can't shake this in my heart. Like, what is going on here? And so I'm nervous as heck, but I, I know that I need to do it. And so I don't tell anyone I didn't tell any of the board. I didn't tell our, you know, our broker. I didn't even tell my wife because I didn't want anyone to talk me out of it. Because like, I just knew from the Lord, like, you need to do this. And, um, and so I, I call, you know, before I know it, I'm hitting dial. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm calling him. I'm calling him, you know, <laughs> and I'm nervous. And I'm like, hey, Jim, it's Kurt. Um, hey, I just I have the number. 
on my heart that I, I feel like I need to ask you if you'll come down to 5.5. I don't know what you're supposed to say, but I feel like I'm supposed to ask you. And he's like, okay. It was like the shortest conversation we've had, by the way. I was like one minute. All the other conversations are like 20, 30 minutes. He's like, uh, okay, let me, let me think about that and get back with you in a couple hours. I said, okay. So I hung up and I'm like, well, either I killed the deal. Um, he'll say no, or maybe we'll meet somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Um, but basically, I'm like, I think we can get this done if we can do it for 5.5. So um, I call Emily. I'm like, hey, she was meeting with the Lowry's and, and with Han. I'm like, hey, get some people praying because I just asked this guy to come down another quarter million. And so he's the, go- the owner's like, I'm going to call you back in a couple hours. And I'm like, okay, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to fast until he calls me back. You know, <laughs> I'm going to fast for two hours. Big, it's a, it's a big one. I can miss, you know, but I'm just like, what do I do now? You know, I can't even work because I'm so distracted and like nervous. And so like, all right, I'm just going to pray this whole time and I'm just going to fast until he calls me back. And so I'm like, Lord, I'm just, I'm, here's another fleece I'm laying out for before you. I felt like you asked me to do this. Uh, I'm trusting you, you know, I'm asking this in faith. And then it occurred to me that a lot of times when a church builds a building, um, before they do that, they will, um, you know, because they're going to ask people to give. Uh, but a lot of times the church will um, give to another church or another organization that's building, kind of like sowing a seed in, in faith. And so it occurs to me, our staff had been talking about that. You know what we need to do? We need to find another church, another ministry that's building something, and we need to sow uh, a seed into their, into their uh, ministry. And so I'm like, you know what? We haven't done that yet, and we need to do that. And so I was like, okay, I'm asking the owner to come down a quarter of a million, $250,000. What is 10% of that? What is a tithe off of a quarter million? And that's $25,000. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to tithe, I'm supposed to give $25,000 to another ministry, to other ministries. And so I sent an email to Emily and, and Leslie and Adam, and I said, hey, I'm making a commitment right now. We're going we're gonna to give to other missions. And um, 10000 of that went to Africa YA Sioux. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And, um, and then we'll, we're going to also give some more to uh, LOL uh, Belize. And, and then there's a youth facility in Brazil. There's a church there, and they're building a youth facility uh, right next to their church. Um, and they're right next to the favela, which is like the slums. And all these kids come for like jujitsu classes and dance classes. And it's a really cool community outreach. But they, they need a facility, so they're building there. And we're going to give some to them as well. But in total, we're giving out $25,000. And this is just a tithe that like, I'm, I feel on my heart that we need to do. And I just make the decision you know, right there that we're going to do that. So um, Jim calls me back not two hours later, like five hours later. By this time, guys, I'm hungry. You know, I had missed lunch. And because I couldn't get work done because I was so nervous, I went for a run. Then I'm really hungry after my run. But anyway, um, calls me back about five hours later, and he says, he's like, okay, we can do 5.5. And he says, but here's the deal. I don't want to hear anything about like a weed or a rusty bolt, okay? I'm like, yeah, I think, I think we're good there. So, and he just asked me, he's like, can you actually put 550000 down instead of five hundred? I think... I think you can do that. I just got to check with my board and make sure that's good. So um, the, I don't know if you know this, but the number five means grace. It represents grace in, in the Bible. And I just think there's, this, this, um, there's grace on this. So here's where we're at. Um, we, we are currently under contract for $5.5 5 with 550000 down. 
at a 5.25% interest rate. So there's like fives all over the place. And so, um, I don't know, I just feel like the grace of God is on it. I want to um, kind of give you, so here's a summary. The, the, the building, um, the value of it, um, the approximate market value based upon square footage of commercial uh, real estate is um, 6400000 actually over 6400000 is the, the market value of that facility. And so the original asking price was like six and a quarter. Then they did a reduced price for um, just under $6 million. And then he takes off 200 And then I get him down another 250 So we're getting this facility for about a million dollars, almost a million dollars, under what market value for it is, so, which is pretty awesome. And then someone might ask the question, well, Pastor Kurt, why don't you just take that money and build yourself a new facility that you don't need to renovate? And here's why. Um, why don't we don't just why don't we just don't we just build something? New construction prices have um, escalated dramatically over the last few years because of labor and supply chain shortages, causing a drastic rise in building prices. And so, if you took raw land and you duplicated that facility somewhere else, it would take over twenty one million dollars to build that building right now. That's how high labor labor and, and supply chain shortages are. And so I certainly don't have $21 million, and there's no fives on that number, so <laughs> that doesn't work. That doesn't work. By the way, if you want to write a check, F-I-V-E, that's how you spell five. <laughs> Just put a lot of zeros behind it, okay? All right. So I say all that to say I believe there's, the value is in this facility, and so um, I just want to keep uh, kind of sharing some testimonies about um, God's hand in all this. At least we believe his hand is in this. And I'm going to have Pastor Adam come up. He had a dream in 2021 on vacation. It was like his first day of vacation, and God bothered him with a prophetic dream. So I want him to read this dream to you because it, it actually kind of co- uh, helps color in the lines a little bit of where we're at with this facility. So go ahead, Adam. Yeah, and God woke me up at like 5.45, which is awesome with this dream. And so this, yeah, more fives. Uh, this email actually went out to Pastor Kurt and Emily at 6.21 a.m. I said, I had a dream last night that I kept driving by the building at Promontory and decided to reach out to the owner. The meeting was very professional with the owner's secretary asking specific details about hours the property would be used and the amount of space required for both ministry usage and office space. I had the feeling we were meeting with someone like Donald Trump in the sense that he was a very shrewd businessman. However, he was a believer who was growing in his faith over the last few years. During the meeting, we toured what could possibly be a sanctuary space and room for children's ministry on the ground floor, and then we were taken to what felt like a 24th floor to show us office space for the church. All of the office space was very modern with glass and walls between offices and conference rooms, and we were shown the entire floor, although it was way more than we needed. As we began to talk details, the owner and his secretary were asking for specific hours of operation for the church as it would affect other tenants. I felt they wanted to sign an agreement for certain hours of usage similar to what we have with Adventure. As we described the growing church needs and the need to be flexible to add additional services, worship nights, conferences, etc., they both understood that we would need the freedom to use the space 24-7. The point of their questions appeared to be to find a market value of what rent should cost. They seemed to want to handle everything as if it were a true rental situation, although their goal seemed to be to let us use the space rent-free so they could write it off for tax purposes since the building was sitting empty and costing them money. At this point, the, po- the focus of the dream shifted a bit, and it felt like we were presenting a business plan for how the church could be a community focal point that brought in other tenants for the owner. 
I began to see the building resembling King of Kings Church in Jerusalem with a large courtyard with the entrance to the main sanctuary off the center, small cafe and tables in the open area, and other floors were in use, but not by ministry-related businesses. Our business plan focused on bringing in some businesses that would help jumpstart a thriving community of businesses in the building. I began to wake up at this point, but it was still half asleep, so I'm not sure if I was still dreaming or how much I was trying to fill in the gaps of the business plan myself, but I felt like we were pursuing relationships with businesses. I don't know if this dream means anything or if we were supposed to meet with someone with some businesses to see if they would be interested in proposing a business plan for a community building like this. I just thought I would send it before I forgot about it. So I'd encourage you guys, if you have prophetic dreams, write them down, send them to people. We haven't really looked at this in two years, and we were going over it a couple weeks ago and just seeing how things were lining up with like having space for tenants, having more space than we need. Um, it's not promontory, but it is very close. Uh, and so it's pretty awesome what God's doing. Yeah, the two things I thought are significant there is the, the strategy of leasing space and also working with a shrewd business owner who's also a, a believer. And so, um, okay, let's talk about the D word. Everyone say the D word. What does he mean by the D word? Not divorce, debt. Okay. All right. Is it technically debt? Yes. Um, and I know some of us, probably all of us, are not fans of that word, um, including me. I'm actually very conservative fi financially. I'm very. This is why we've been able to save three quarters of a million because me and then the, with the help of the board um, have been able to save because I'm pretty conservative uh, financially. In fact, um, if you want to know who the spender is in the relationship. Well, it's not me, it's her. Okay. And Adam. Adam's the spender in the, uh, the church relationship. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, he's awesome. Um, no, but like whenever there's an honorarium, someone comes to guest speak and we're going to come up with an honorarium. Um, Leslie will be like, how much do you want to give them? I'm like, well, I'm going to give you a number. Go ask Emily for the other number and then meet in the middle because her number is going to be high and mine's going to be on the low side and just, just do whatever's in the middle there. But, you know, debt, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I'm a conservative person. It's not ideal. Um, but here are a few reasons. I want to give you a few reasons why I feel like this is still a good opportunity for us as a church. Okay. Number one, we are already renters. We're already renting this facility. And if we go to an, another commercial facility like this, um, again, the amount of money that we would be paying in the lease every month would be what we could be paying in a payment to own something. And so there's a difference between owning and renting. And if you own a facility, we're able to really customize that facility to ourselves. Uh, we are a church plant in a building, but how many others still set up and tear down and we're sharing things and, you know, I don't get a say on the decorations, that kind of stuff. So anyway, owning is good. Um, so that's one reason. The second reason is parking. We're still on a collision course with parking if we're, if we're here. We would have to solve that problem. Um, and in some respects, I think we may have, might be capping out our growth um, in this current facility without being able to really customize it to what we need. Uh, number three is the rate of savings. Again, we've saved 750000 in five years. At that rate, it would take you know, a minimum of 20 years to, to save $5 million. And at that point, who knows what $5 million will be worth, you know? Uh, the dollar, you know, loses value over time and things inflate, as you know. And so, again, if we were going to duplicate this facility, you know, $21 million is, is it's still not enough. Um, number four, 
um, growth. We do believe that God wants to strategically position this church um, to reach Greeley, to reach the city. Greeley is actually projected to double in population by the year 2050. Some of you aren't excited about that, and I'm not either when it comes to traffic, but I am excited about that to reach the next generation. Amen? And so we believe it would be conducive to growth um, to have our own space. Um, And the last reason, number five, is there will be um, almost half of the space that we're buying would be leasable space that we can lease to other tenants, which will help pay for the building. Actually, the way it is set up right now, um, we're looking at our financial models and with, um, I don't want to get into all the details, but we're looking at, like, we, it works financially to get in the building. It's tight to get uh, in the building um, financially. But once we start adding renters, then we start really getting into the black. And so right now we have one solid sp- uh, prospect of an organization that wants to rent from us, a really solid prospect who's, like, ready to go with us um, already. And then we have some other irons in the fire, some other um, organizations that are looking at renting um, leasing space from us. So that possibility really opens things up. And, and let's say in five or 10 years, when we're able to get this building paid off, then we're in a position where this building is cash flowing and um, supporting ministry and missions and staffing and those kind of things. And so um, down, the, down the road, it will really um, up, uh, kick up and um, help us be in a good financial place. So those are the reasons why we think it's still a good opportunity for us at this point. Um, and there's no rule that someone can't come by and write a $5 million check and just take care of it. Amen? All right. So, um, yeah, basically we see this building getting to the point where in large part it just basically pays for itself with tenants. Um, Okay, is it a done deal? No, it's still not a done deal. Um, We still have inspections. Um, One major milestone is that we're meeting with the city on June 1st to talk about change of use. Um, that is a uh, major milestone. You know, if the city says they might say no or they might say, hey, you've got to put a stoplight here first, that, that would shut us down. So be praying for that um, meeting. Um, we're just asking for continued prayer. If this is the Lord's facility, um, that God will continue to open doors for it. So we're kind of just holding it like this. Like, God, do you want us to have this building? We're just walking through these doors until it doesn't make sense to walk through them anymore. So... Um, if everything goes well, we could have keys, um, possibly have keys by the beginning of July. So, yeah, yeah. Um, is it church ready? No. So then we, we'll kick into a renovation period. I'm kind of optimistic. Um, I'm like, well, maybe we could start having services in September or something like that. So um, I don't know. I don't know how long it'll take to get all the AVL equipment ordered and build some walls and chairs and those kind of things. But um, it won't be ready in July, but we'll get to work um, as soon as we can. Um, okay, so let me conclude with this. I'm asking for three things this morning. Number one, pray for us. Pray for your church. Pray for your deacons. By the way, give us feedback. Do you have feedback on this? We'd love to hear from you. Um, number two, if you're a contractor, like a construction contractor, and you want to kind of throw your hat in the ring for like maybe you want to be part of this, um, it could be the case that you could you know, donate some, of, some time or whatever. Um, or we could, you know, if you're a contractor, maybe we could get you some volunteer help underneath you to help um, get the facility going. But if you're a contractor and you're interested in kind of throwing your hat in the ring here, um, let us know. Fill out a Connect card and just make sure to give that to us. And we just want to start building a list of, you know, plumbers, electricians, framers, all those kind of things. 
All right? And then um, last thing is this. Begin to pray about what the Lord would have you to give. Uh, I don't have an exact number of what, what it will take to renovate this facility. Um, we're kind of thinking like there's a big plan of like everything we want to do. And then there's like phases. And we're like, what is the minimal amount to get into the door? You know, that's kind of like what we'll be looking at. But I'm not asking for money this morning. We're not making a commitment or anything like that this weekend. But I'm just saying, be in prayer about what the Lord might have you to give. We, we might need to raise something like a couple hundred thousand dollars um, for renovations. And I think we could do that. I think, you know, we could probably do that in, in three months if we really all just put our hearts and minds towards it. So just be thinking about that. I'll close with this. Um, earlier this year, in I believe it was February, um, our whole pastoral staff went out to Redding, California to a conference, um, a prophetic conference. And we received uh, prophetic ministry from a gal named Haley Braun. And this girl was like on it. Like this was one of those prophetic words where like they are reading your mail. Um, like for Dustin and Kate, they were talking about youth and some great things. And they were talking about worship. And like this gal doesn't know Adam from from Adam. <laughs> Right? That was funny. Um, and she's talking about media and stuff like that. How could she possibly know this? So this girl had, she had it. Like she had the prophetic gift for sure. And so she prophesied over our whole staff. And then um, it's really long. like we, we, Rob transcribed all of it. It's really long. And I want to read the portion she uh, prophesied over me. Now I want to preface this uh, prophetic word. Number one, it's, she's praying and prophesying. So just be aware of that. So the, the language is, you know, a little flowy. But um, before she got to me, I, I said a private prayer in my heart. I said, because the Lord had been speaking to me about Nehemiah. And as you know, that's Nehemiah 3. That's been a theme for us as a church of the Lord building those gates. And, I, and, he, and in Reading, in Bethel, he had been speaking to me about Nehemiah. And I'm like just taking notes and things. And before she got to me, I just said a private prayer in my heart. I said, Lord, I wanted to say something about Nehemiah. I wanted to confirm what you're speaking to me about Nehemiah. And so let me read, let me read what she said. She said, I just see Jehovah El-Rohi, the God who sees, the God who sees. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. I just see you like Nehemiah. And the Lord gave you a task to build. And there's been a lot of words that have come just in the chatter that have come against you like Sambalat and Tobias. And I just see you saying, God, strengthen my hands. I'll just pause there real quick. That word is right on. This has been a, a season of extreme criticism lately, and that has been a word from the Lord for sure. And I feel in this season that people are going to come around you who are going to speak the word of strength to your hands, strengthen your hands. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, I have given you a mandate to build something, and I have not forgotten my word to you. I have not forgotten my promise to you. And God, we thank you for an open gate. I see open gates and the floodgates of heaven just beginning to open wide, Lord. I thank you for the outpouring of the Spirit, Lord. I thank you for this, Nehemiah, for his faithfulness to build when everybody says it's impossible and for his faithfulness to say yes when others will say it cannot be done. And we say it can be done and it will be done. That you will build a refuge for the Lord and a refuge for his people. I love that so much a refuge for the Lord, a refuge for his people. Lord, I thank you for this culture carrier. God, fill him right now, God. I thank you, Lord. Cover his family, cover his family, cover their finances. God, bless the finances of this house, Lord, abundance. I just see it's not going to tally up in this season. 
there's going to be an outpouring of abundance. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. So not telling up in this next season, like that's when we, again, I started looking at this building in the process of I'm like, this doesn't add up. This is not going to work. As we've taken steps, it is beginning to seem like it makes sense. And the promise here is there is going to be an abundance. God's going God's to pour out an abundance as we take steps towards this, I believe. I'll close with this verse, Isaiah 62, uh, 10. It says this, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, take out the stones, lift up a banner for the peoples. Amen. Again, we are not at the finish line. It's not a done deal. We are holding it like this. And um, I just want you to be in prayer for us and uh, be in this journey with us. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for every individual in this house, Lord. God, we just give you this prospect to you, Lord God. God, we believe that this city needs Jesus. God, the future needs you, Lord. And God, we're asking if this is the facility you have for us, would you continue to open those doors? Would you continue to pave the way, Lord God? And, um, and Lord, we just trust you. We are following you, Lord. And I thank you for your leadership over each of our lives, Lord God. That it's not just for a church or a building, for Pastor Kurt that, that you're leading, God. But each of us, individually, Lord God, there's decisions we have to make. There's things we have to do in our lives, Lord God. And I thank you for your leadership in our lives, God, that you lead us. We love you. We bless you. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. All right. God bless you guys. Pastor Aaron's going to close this.